Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It's December, and you know what that means. Christmas is coming, and it's coming soon. Just like we talked last week, Christmas celebrates our Savior's birth. But boy, it gets so busy with a ton of stuff and junk that I can easily just go through the motions, you know, gift buying, and then I wrap them, and I put them under the tree, and then there's parties, and then there's Christmas concerts, and I can just completely miss the whole meaning of the real reason for the season. So today we're going to stop for about 30 minutes, and we're just going to talk about the real reason for Christmas. Now, if you tuned in last week, you'll remember that we talked about some really important things about the holiday season. We talked about ways to build anticipation for Christmas, like personally or with your family, and how you could pick and choose what's best for your family or you personally during the season. We also talked about some pitfalls to avoid during the season with our guest, Sarah Desone. If you missed that, you might want to head back to episode 9 called Gear Up for Christmas and listen to that first. It's sort of a good start before we jump into this episode, but you could listen in whichever order. Also, I want to let you know that we won't be back here at Unshaken until the first Thursday in January. I am personally taking a break for many reasons and honestly I just want to focus on Christmas with my family and at my church but get ready because season three is coming and it is jam-packed with all sorts of good conversations about what to do with all the people in our lives like people we work with people we love that are right underneath our roof people who make us feel really good or people who are kind of hard to love. So after the holidays, we might need a little lesson or two in how to deal with these kind of people. And um, actually, we'll need these lessons all the time. So we'll see you back the first Thursday in January for our new, brand new season all about relationships. So today I want to start by reading a portion of Isaiah 9, just one little verse um, to help us kick off and prepare our hearts for Christmas. Um, So I wanted to start by reading a portion of Isaiah 9 to start off this episode on how to prepare our hearts for Christmas. And let me just start with this. I just want you to sit back and relax for a minute and just remember what the season is about. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And actually today on this podcast, we're going to focus on one of those names of Jesus, because this is telling us about the coming Messiah, and that's Jesus. And we're going to focus on the Prince of Peace. And this is the season where you probably see the word peace everywhere. I mean, it shows up on decorations and cards that we mail out, t-shirts. I mean, it's everywhere, but people don't really know the real Prince of Peace. So today we're going to talk about Jesus Christ and how his presence in our lives and our hearts can bring us peace. Now, joining me today to talk about keeping our hearts peaceful and focused on Jesus this season is my friend, Allie Doherty. I'm so glad you're here. Allie is a kind, generous gentlewoman. She's married to a rock-solid husband, Jordan, and she's the mom of seven girls and two boys, and she has one on the way. Allie, I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Thank you. This is definitely a new experience for me, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. All right, so let me start off, Allie, by asking you, um, since we're just starting talking about Christmas, what was your favorite Christmas gift you received as a child? Well, 
my favorite gift that I received as a child was a big wooden dollhouse. So oh. it had a big front porch and it resembled the house I grew up in. Oh, that's cool. So um, it, what was fun about it too was that I was old enough that I put it together. So that's when I learned how to like glue and hammer and nails. And then we put in wallpaper and carpet and oh, all those so cool. fun things that is just really cool for someone. So there's probably more joy in building and setting stuff up and putting it together. Yeah. But then actually like playing with the dolls. Right. <laughs> but it was just something that from top to bottom I could explore and make my own and I just loved it. Yeah. And so you actually got a dollhouse kit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you got a kit, you put it together, yeah. then you got to um, remodel it. Well, that's I not did. Really the yeah. right word, but you got <laughs> to create. That was like foreshadowing. I didn't know I yeah. liked that till now. <laughs> and you like remodeling I now. Do. Yeah, I do. see? <laughs> okay, you know, I remember one particular time serving with you in the nursery. Oh, wow, many years ago, like 10 or 12 years ago. And we were caring for some kids in the nursery, and we were talking about Christmas gifts. It probably was November. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I was telling you that I was struggling coming up with ideas for my, like, four or five-year-old daughter. And you shared your dollhouse story mm-hmm. with me. And then you gave me this fabulous idea. You said, okay, well, you also got Sculpty Clay. And Sculpty Clay, tell me about Sculpty Clay. You can just make it into little things and then you bake it. So then it stays permanent in those shapes. So again, the fun continues as you design and craft. Yeah, and so you were telling me about making little cinnamon rolls and little Mm -hmm. apples and little steaks or whatever. Yeah. And then it just kept going all year. Yes. It was the the gift that kept giving. Well, I remember getting getting that for my daughter and she loved it. Actually, all my kids did. And my kids then went through a sculpty phase where they made like, can we make gifts for people with this? You know, so, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I know I had a gift that I loved. My parents led me out one time to the barn when I was probably five or six. Um, on Christmas morning for this huge gift and it was covered in this old burlap blanket. And I, we pulled it away, and there was a brand new, like, little kid's kitchen set. Oh, fun. And it was so exciting. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I can close my eyes and just envision getting that, that, that whole big kitchen set. And then the best part was later on, my mom pulled the couch away from the wall about mm-hmm. three or four feet, and that became my house. So I got to set it up, and then she helped me make all kinds of things, and I had food, play food to put in it. I mean, I guess That's we both great. have... <laughs> it's like one small scale, one large yeah, scale. Yeah, we're both, you know, setting up house when yeah. we were little and now right. we still do that so yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay so Christmas is full of Christmas memories and it's really fun to think about all those things but really it's not so I mean we want to remember the memories they're good they're important but really Christmas isn't about gifts and it's not really about the celebrations that we have necessarily with families or the parties it's about so much right. more so um, I guess I want to start off by asking you how do you figure out what's important in the holiday season because there's so many things I agree. I mean, all of the things are fun and they're fun to celebrate and there isn't anything bad in that, but it's trying to figure out your focus. So in the holiday season, I start to think about what's important to me the rest of the year. So where am I spending my time the rest of the year? And so when I think about those things, I think about my family, my relationships with friends. Mm -hmm. I think about my relationship with Jesus, my church and my church family. So as I spend the rest of the year loving and interacting with people, if I'm not doing these things on a daily basis all throughout the year, they're not going to be natural. Then all of a sudden at Christmas to start incorporating them into the Christmas Christmas atmosphere. Yeah. 
So it would just be unnatural. So when I take inventory of those things and I direct my focus on the expectation of Christ's birth, mm-hmm. um, I use that word expectation specifically because it's the thing that kind of defines the Christmas season for me. And I think it's the perfect word to help focus our thoughts this time of year. So I'll explain that a little bit more later. Okay. But that's what I think well, about. Well, I love that you use the word take an inventory. I think that's a really good thing to do as you're heading into the Christmas season and kind of lay out your priorities to some degree. You know, right. like I want to spend time reading my Bible. We've talked about that this whole season. Every woman should be reading her Bible. That's important during this time period. And I want to spend time with my family. And I also want to be able to be involved in the church. And I think having some inventory of where you're, you know, what you're doing and kind of lay it out on paper might actually be helpful. Right. Okay. So you also mentioned um, having an expectation of Christ's birth. Mm -hmm. So why do we need to remember Jesus at Christmas? Why, Why does that a big deal? Well, in the most basic terms, we're remembering Jesus at Christmas because this is when we celebrate his birth. So we also learn about Jesus and his birth and his life all throughout the Bible. So we started our time reading in Isaiah 9, and this is the book of the Bible. It was written a very long time before Jesus was even born. So God's people, it explains how God's people were looking forward or expecting the coming of a Savior. And so some of those names we talked about, we said Prince of Peace. You know, so when we're in our daily life and we're longing for peace, we're having that expecting feeling. So at at Christmas, we're still having that expecting feeling. And so when we have that feeling, when we're waiting for something like right now, I am very pregnant. So I are (laughs) expecting the birth of a baby. And this comes with a lot of excitement, but it also comes with a lot of fear and longing and hope. And so when you repeating what you read earlier in Isaiah, you had read, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, Mm -hmm. and the government will rest on his shoulders. So this is explaining to us how God's people, back when scripture was written, or they were... They needed a savior. They knew that. And just like that, we know we need a savior. We know we need the Prince of Peace. And so. And and actually, all of the Bible points to Christ. Exactly. The whole thing does. Isaiah does, but every book of the Bible points to Jesus in some way. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're thinking of that expectation of a savior, scripture tells us it will come in the form of a child and a son. So, you know, when we see that promise fulfilled, that's why we're celebrating Jesus and at Christmas. And so just like they had, and we have that expectation of a savior is there. So also, you know, just like Mary was pregnant and I am pregnant, you have that expectation, that feeling of the coming of a baby. And so when we celebrate Jesus in his, in his birth, you think, well, that's not maybe his death or that's not something that should be celebrated yet those are the things that we will celebrate or that we're celebrating because we know what Christ will do, or in our case, what Christ has done. And he has died for our sins. So he lived this completely sinless life and died for the sins that we committed. So, which is a really, that's all a really big concept and thought to process. (laughs) To really think through Christmas isn't just really about his birth. Right. It encompasses so much more 
Right. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, we can take these thoughts at Christmas and maybe get overwhelmed by many of them. But um, if we break it down and think about the expectation and what Christ has done for us, then we also start thinking about our lives. And I used a word sin. So, you know, sin is the stuff that displeases and separates us from Mm -hmm. God. And so scripture tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we feel this separation. We just like those in Isaiah feel the longing to have a savior. And so um, we see this separation from God and it can't be ignored. Right. And so, you know, scripture actually tells us the price of sin. So the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus, our Lord. And so, um, this is why we remember Christ at Christmas, because we're celebrating the birth of the only one who can pay that heavy price for our sin. Now, maybe, you know, you who are listening haven't ever thought about sin, and honestly, it, it doesn't maybe seem to fit into the celebrations and the parties yeah. of Christmas. <laughs> um, maybe you're thinking, okay, whoa, that was a lot of information, right. <laughs> you know, but actually it fits in. It really does, because without seeing that we're sinners and in need of a Savior, we really can't celebrate the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The same. I mean, I'm sure that the world, many people in the world celebrate Jesus at Christmas because he becomes a part of our Christmas sometimes just like Santa Claus is, okay? (laughs) But this is way different because when we have realized that we're a sinner and we can see that we are a sinner and we see Jesus as our Savior, it changes everything. And so I just want to encourage you who are listening that not to close off from this podcast and Mm -hmm. um, be like, I don't get it. It's okay. I'm going to move on. But if you, I just want to encourage you to reach out to somebody in your life who you know loves God and can maybe pray or speak with you more about this topic. I mean, we can't t- sit down at your coffee table and talk with you. We'd love to, right, Alex? Right, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, reach out to somebody. And if you don't have anybody in your life, then I want you to reach out to me through our Facebook page, private message me, or you can reach out to me through my email at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. We'll put that in our show notes. And I would be absolutely happy to talk with you. We can even share phone numbers and have a personal conversation because I really want you to know what Christmas is about in the importance of it. And if you already see your great need for the Savior, then I suggest that you take a moment right now and pause this episode, and I want you to thank God for his provision of Jesus being sent to earth as our Savior. Really, this holiday should probably be a lot more about Thanksgiving to God than Mm -hmm. even Thanksgiving is. Right. (laughs) Right. All right. So, Allie, um, now that we've kind of walked through those things and Mm -hmm. why Christmas is so important and Christ is, and we've already talked about all the mess that comes with Christmas, all the hecticness, the chaos. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of it's really fun, you know? I enjoy it. So how do you set your heart so it's focused on Christ rather than the busy, fast-paced holiday prep and all the stuff that comes with it? Okay. Well, you might be surprised, but I'm going to use the word expectation okay, again. Okay, so maybe I should rename this episode <laughs> yeah, as expectation. Okay. <laughs> so if I'm going on vacation or looking forward to an event or, you know, nesting and preparing for a baby perhaps, you know, just because I've gone on vacation before doesn't mean I'm not excited. Right. 
so when I think about Christmas, instead of getting overwhelmed with the same things that you do over and over again, the most exciting part is actually normally the preparation. And so if I get myself all worked up, then sure. that takes away the fun and the excitement mm-hmm. and it can actually lead to letdown of like the actual experience of enjoying yes. the time. So. I have to remind myself that when I prepare for Christmas, that is part of the gift of celebrating and anticipating Christ's birth. So it's not wrong to enjoy these things as much as possible. It shows gratitude for what Christ did for me and who Christ is for me. But when I'm making food or decorating or shopping, I'm also thinking of this through the lens of actually preparing and celebrating Christ and making sure that, you know, if I'm around my kids or my neighbors or things that this is, this is not lost in what I'm doing. So it gives me the opportunity to really enjoy what I'm preparing for if I keep my focus on Christ. Yeah. And so I think, and practically one of the things that helps me is continuing to stay reading the Bible throughout that time, it's really easy to set that aside and think, um, I'm just too busy. Yeah. I've got to make all these Christmas cookies and I have to wrap all these gifts. But even if it's putting on um, Christmas music Mm -hmm. or listening or, you know, having some time, some good conversation or some set aside time where you're going to talk with your family about some of these things we're talking about, what you're reading in the Bible, what is Christmas really about? It helps to get our heart reminded and focused. Right. And then, like, I think if I'm just forging on my way, then I'm expecting everybody to meet yeah. me where I'm at. And so if they don't show my same level of excitement or if, you know, they're not with me in that, then I can really, like, get my feelings hurt or things like that. Yeah. And that's not that's not helpful to celebrating Christ. And so it's just remembering that the expectation is part of the celebration and then yeah. not to let that get in the way of the actual celebration of the actual day as well. Right. That's absolutely right. I I think also it's helpful to, um, be preparing. I think expectation is a really good word. Um, but we also have to have the expectation that sometimes things don't go the way we think they should go. So when we're, we're thinking, I'm going to have these wonderful devotional times with my kids every night before bed and we have a mess up night, we have to just get up and start over and just remember that this is, this is how Christmas is, right? It's full. So, and you never know what's getting in there. No. Kids will all of a sudden talk about something you talked about and you think that was a disaster. You didn't hear a word. And then they repeat it. Yep. How in the world? You got it. Okay, wow. <laughs> How that happened. Right. So that brings me to thinking about, you know, times with our families. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if there's moms out there listening, or maybe it's just you personally, right. that you want to focus and have, have a, a set your expectation that you're going to be excited about this expectation of Christ. Right. So how do you how do you put Advent readings in? Do you read specific things? Do you just read the Bible? You know, what do you do to help you with that? Uh, I do all sorts of things. I'm not a consistent kind of person every year. That's every actually year really I do encur- the same thing. That's actually really encouraging to me because okay. I've heard of some people who go every year we yeah. do the exact same thing, and I think that becomes overwhelming to me. Like mm-hmm. I actually think some years we've done fabulous things, yeah. and now I've got to do something different. Okay. You know, and that's okay. So good. Yeah. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> great. I'm so like personally. Last year, I did use the app on my phone to do an Advent devotional because I wanted to have a different way to focus my mind through scripture to Christ. Um, Other years I have read 
you know, purpose to read through the Gospels at that oh, time that's a because good idea. it gives me a good picture of Christ and his whole life through all four of the Gospels. Um, when my kids were young, then I would help them maybe memorize a portion of Scripture. Um, I know that, like, our pastor has encouraged many of us to memorize Luke 2 with our kids. Hmm. That's something that I think he did as a young person. At least I know his family did. They had their kids do, and now they're having their kids yeah. do. So it's generational. You know, so maybe that's something that is overwhelming right. to say I'm going to keep this up every year. But even me memorizing that with my kids benefited me. Yeah. So maybe I don't know if some of my yeah. kids don't remember it, but I do, yes. you know, so it's not always, it's not always lost. That actually leads me to think a little bit more about memorization. Do you do anything extra with memorization besides Luke 2? Have you done anything other years? Um, well, I've kind of gone back to Luke 1. So oh. going along with the theme of expectation, one of my favorite chapters is Luke 1. So in Luke 1, you hear about how the angel meets Zechariah and tells him his wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. And then the end of the verse is when, um, the angel meets Mary and says that mm -hmm. she is going to bear a son. And then when Mary and Elizabeth come together, Mary praises God in what they call Mary's Magnificat. Mm -hmm. And so um, the scripture starts in Mary's Magnificat. My soul magnifies the mm. Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And mm. so... Um, I just think of how young she was at that yes. time and really like we know so much more and how little resources she had, but she was near to God and yeah. she trusted him. And so when you say meditating or thinking on, I think on, on her words and her faith mm. in, in her God and in, in her savior. And I just think of what a cry from her young soul. And so um, someone from our church wrote a song with those words. And so that's become a family yes. favorite. Okay. So you know what? You, you mentioned something that's interesting. You take that scripture, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. And you said, you kind of meditate on it. You think mm -hmm. about it. How do you do that? How do you actually use that in your everyday life? Um, so one might just be the, you sit and you look at your Bible and you think about it and maybe I take each line of scripture mm -hmm. and I pray it and then oh. I read it and then I say, God, I want this true in yep. my life. And yep. so I pray those words for me and say, Lord, you know, my soul, my soul magnifies yeah. the yeah. Lord. My spirit rejoices and pray those words for yeah. my, for myself and my own, my own cry to God, just yes. having those prayers modeled for us That's in scripture. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so now, you know, one of the things I was thinking about that I've used a lot in my life and that I love, actually we talked about this in last week's episode, we talked about Christmas music and mm -hmm. um, how some people love Christmas music all year round. They can <laughs> listen to it all the time. I can. You can. Okay. I can. You're one of those, those people. <laughs> one of those people. One of those. Um, but how do you use Christmas music, you know, in your in your in preparing for Christmas and do you have specific artists or, or people that you like? Um, again, I'm not super specific, but then I go to my go-tos, which for my case would be our church and their band. And they have put out a Christmas album a couple of years ago. And so one of those songs is actually someone wrote, um, 
to Mary's Magnificat. And so that's a beautiful song, beautifully sung, and just a great way to meditate on that scripture, mm-hmm. to memorize it, because yes. it's pretty much word for word from the scripture. Um, and the woman who recorded the song for Mary's Magnificat um, just sings it beautifully and it's just mm-hmm. wonderful and my kids love it where Aww. they actually started calling it Rebecca's song which um, I said I don't know that that's quite right but they do know it's it's, but Mary's, it's, about Mary. Mag- it's yeah. Mary's Magnificat but Rebecca sings it so you know a okay. two year old saying Got it. this is Rebecca's song the and song Rebecca sings amazing yes amazingly and, and actually Rebecca's is this the Rebecca you're referencing is Rebecca Kepler mm-hmm. and Rebecca is the one who cre- who recorded the beginning and the exit to our podcast. Okay, and she was on a few weeks ago. We talked to her about her favorite verse. Okay. So I'll just give you some, some background knowledge on that. So, And we're going to try to put this song where it's available for you in our show notes so you can find it and you too can meditate on this passage mm-hmm. of scripture as you celebrate an expectation of Christ's birth. So... And actually, listeners, I have something else that's really fun that I wanted to tell you about. I have a little gift for you. Um, I have um, put together a little Spotify playlist of focused Christmas music for you to play this December. So we're going to put that in our show notes so you can grab it at your convenience. And then you can you can also pop over to our Facebook page, Unshaken Podcast, and follow the link that's going to be there as well. I really think music is important, and I really love to play music. Um, I love to hear it. I love all kinds of music that builds me up in Christ. And I think the holiday season is a great time for us to be making sure that what's going in our in our brain, in our ears, is stuff that's going to glorify God. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Okay, Allie, um, you know, I know we're not here to January yet, but it is coming. January 1st yeah. is not too far away. <laughs> no. Um, so resolutions are something we talk about, you know, at this time of year, people go, I resolve to, mm-hmm. I don't know, lose 72 pounds yeah. or something, you know, <laughs> or I resolve to never, you know, drink coffee. I don't know how anyone could do that, but I don't okay. So um, it does make me think that we should think about the start of the new year. So mm-hmm. what would be maybe your direction for ladies listening who want to start January of 2021 off right? Hmm. Okay. So when I think of that question, I think that kind of goes back and linking to what I said at the beginning when we were talking about, um, you know, how do you focus on Christ at Christmas? So I'm not going to all of a sudden focus on Christ if he's not my focus the rest of the year. Mm. So when I think about resolutions, I think it's important to think about on a regular basis, what are the things that are important in the eyes of God? And so if we pray and ask God, okay, God, what is something that you would have me change Mm -hmm. this time of year? And I think it's really helpful to not just overwhelm yourself with 72 pounds right. and giving up coffee because right. it's not it's not going to last um, in, in short bursts. You right. know, it's it's something right. that's a flash in the pan. But if you pray and ask God sincerely, what would He have you work on? And so I think of. I think of the basics, things like Bible reading and prayer, or maybe it's just going to church every week, you know, starting somewhere where it's something that is going to be long lasting and important to you. So, um, 
it's something that you want to assess what would be helpful to my overall spiritual health and then start small instead of grandiose so that, right. you know, you can find a way to make that successful. And then that becomes a true and everyday part of your life. So let's just say like, okay, I would like to read my Bible every day, then find maybe a simple plan, maybe not one that covers, you know, like four chapters of the right. Bible a right. day, but maybe one that focuses on specific scripture, but then have a friend that you're going to text that you've read it to hold mm-hmm. you accountable. So start small, but then also be accountable to someone, you know, if you want to pray more, maybe put post-it notes all over your house about things you do want to pray for, and it will remind you. Or building relationships with people, you can set a time one time a week where maybe you're not getting together with a friend, but maybe you are calling them or writing a handwritten note, something that's personal and outside of our just normal, quick kind of life. Well, and having purpose to do it and having it something Mm -hmm. that you either like put in your calendar or you have it be a part of your week. I remember um, hearing a couple talk one time about how getting ready for church was such a challenge because Mm -hmm. they found themselves getting late. And the thing they did to help them is line up shoes Hmm. in the hallway the night before because that's what they realized was causing them to not to be at church on time. The shoes. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there are little things like that. And that would help them to be on time. And so it was a very small, attainable thing to start off with. And I think that's just what you've talked about. Start with one chapter. Yeah. Their their small, attainable goals are really good. Mm -hmm. I, I just love all your ideas. I think they're really, really good. I think Bible reading and prayer and building good, solid relationships are great things that we all should be purposing to do this upcoming year. Hey, you could even get all three of those in one place though. Like you could go to a Bible study. Yes. Um, you know, can I just put in a little plug for joining a group of people to study God's word on a weekly basis? Um, I think that's so, so important because, um, it's good um, to read God's word every day. And it's also good to pray every day, but having relationships, you kind of can do it all mm-hmm. in a Bible study. Right. Right. And you know, it's really helpful to me personally. And I love that other people are like, I'm just doing life with them. We're praying for each other. And right. so when I'm praying for them, I know they're praying for me mm-hmm. and it, it's a great thing. So if you are not in a Bible study, find a Bible study. Okay. That's really, really good. So today I wanted to end doing something a little different with our podcast. Usually we just kind of end and move on. But every year my mom would stop us every Christmas on Christmas morning and before we'd open gifts Mm -hmm. or eat our cinnamon rolls or anything and we would read Luke 2. So it's interesting that you brought that up, that that was something you purposed to memorize with Mm -hmm. your kids. Um, So Allie, how about if you and I read this passage today? Okay. And um, that way we can just help women who are listening, just kind of quiet your heart. So we're just going to read it um, and share it with you today. And I just hope that you can just for a moment, quiet your heart wherever you are as we read with you, Luke 2. All right, Luke chapter 2. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him 
and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things that were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword that will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become 
become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to their custom of the feast, and as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan, and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Wow. <laughs> it's good to read that whole entire passage. You know, as I sit here and we just got done talking about expectations, mm-hmm. I'm reminded Anna and Simeon were expecting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Their lives, they were old. Not that you, you know, that old's bad, but they were older and they were expecting Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it was God's kindness to them and allowed them to actually see Jesus and to be thankful. It made them so thankful. And I guess that is just a really good application to me today that as we walk through Christmas, Mm -hmm. expecting Jesus and looking towards that and then to be thankful and praise him. Amen. Something that also stuck out to me is Mary, as we talked earlier in chapter one, where she had sung her Magnificat. She had clearly been in relationship with God. And when you see her then after, she, again, took everything in. She treasured things in her Mm -hmm. heart. She when he was a baby or when he was even older and they found him, you know, she was taking those things in and she was thinking on them. And so as we see God working in our lives around us, there's also that expectation that we are to be aware of what God is doing and taking those thoughts captive and treasuring them and um, really praising God for how he's working in our lives. Yes. Okay. Allie, um, I'm so glad that you came on the, on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time and sharing with us. Um, Would you just pray for me and you and our Mm -hmm. listeners today? Sure. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son into this world to be our Savior and our Prince of Peace. And as we head into this season filled with expectation, we ask that you would direct our hearts and minds and emotions toward you and your Son. May we honor you with how we prepare for the celebration of Christ's birth. But may we also remember that Jesus is indeed the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, ladies, here we go into this season. So remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. Unshaken will be back in January. Until next time.